Hey guys, welcome to my first ever podcast. This is me, Pulkit Rastogi, and I'm excited and nervous about talking to you in a podcast format because I've been thinking of starting a podcast since a long, long time. Finally, I'm doing it. Not in a perfect environment as you can hear my kid, Parth, my daughter. They might be screaming in the background, but I just don't want to wait for the perfect moment when everybody in my family is silent. I'm saying, you guys do your work, you scream, you shout. I'm going to do this. I'm going to record my podcast, not wait for the perfect environment. What is this podcast about? So this podcast is going to be all about my experiences, my monologues, how I'm evolving as a person. I'm happy to invite guests on my podcast, people that inspire me, people I have access to, people from whom I've learned new things. So I am thinking I'm going to talk to the experts I know and ask them questions, things that I want to learn about. And you can hear me talking to these people. And hopefully, I hope you get to learn a few things. This episode, my first episode, it has to be a special one. Who am I interviewing as my first episode? My guest today is Chavi Ferrani. So who is Chavi Ferrani? She's not featured by Forbes. She's not, she's not famous. She is not a billionaire. She is not a supermodel. <laughs> so why should you listen to me talking to Chavi and why is it important? It is important for you to listen to this conversation if you are running an agency, a software development company and a digital marketing company, whatever. If your business involves servicing clients, especially working with offshore clients, providing them any service, you have to listen to this conversation. Why? Because Chavi has been running her company, Diconia, since last five, six years and uh, doing very well. She started from scratch. Now her business is very profitable. And I know Chavi from the last, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years. My interaction started with her as my boss when I was working with Bread Alchemy, which in those days when I started my career in 2007, happened to be the uh, one of the biggest IT and digital marketing companies in this region. They were on 200 employees and Chavi was taking care of the operation sales. She was responsible to get clients on board. And I want to ask her, how was she running the business how, then and how is she running the business now? And most of all, how does she manage her time? Because my fond memory about her is that I used to spend hours and hours, I mean, not if not hours, at least one hour every day I used to spend with her at office. I used to just take my to-do list with her and talk to her about all my challenges, daily challenges. She was very, very helpful. And despite that, and still to this date, whenever I have a problem related to running my agency business, Ala Fashion Retail, she is my go-to person. I call Chavi and ask her, Chavi, I'm facing problem in accepting payments, getting clients on board, pitching the clients, uh, finances, whatever I want to, uh, I have problem with. She's my go-to person. I call her. And she helps me. And despite whenever I ask her, Chavi, do you have time for this? Do you have a moment for this? And she always says, yes, Pulkit, I always have time. So my question to her is, how on earth do you always have time, Chavi? You just go to diconia.com and just look at the client reviews. You'll see she doesn't have clients. She has raving fans. 
clients who just love working with her. So there are things that she is getting right. She is also a top listed of work, has a top rated of work profile. She gets a lot of business from a work. If not now, back in the days of Elance, when Upwork was Elance, even after Elance turned into Upwork, she has been a top seller. She had 100% rating and has managed to build a massive customer base using Upwork and has a lot of repeat clients. So there are things, like I said, she's getting right, which you and I can learn from enough of monologue. Time for you to listen to none other than Chavi Ferrani. I hope you dig it. This is your host, Polkit Rastogi, and welcome to my podcast. many ways from here there's so much i want to ask you but i think the best way we can start is if we go back to the memory lane of two, when we first met in 2007 that's wow. when um uh, that's so when i years back <laughs> yes it's, it's a long time back it was my first job and as someone who's first so new to digital marketing to technology i did not know even the basics of technology i don't know how i got the job <laughs> but it was funny and in those in those times when everything was so new the most relieving part of the day for me was the one i used to spend with you when i used to come up with come to you with my task list because what happened is i joined as i applied for the job as a software tester and mm-hmm. they offered me a job of a webmaster that's the person yeah. who was supposed to take care of the website and uh, later on i applied there was an opening in sales and yeah. somehow i got the opportunity i think that there were few people who left in the sales team and and i had the opportunity to work with you but i can tell you chavi it was very overwhelming for me to suddenly be responsible to generate business for the company and the sales all these responsibilities are took on as business analyst um, in sales it was a huge load on me and i wasn't prepared for it and i still remember i used to get really nervous and as i used to start my day looking at my inbox dozens and dozens of emails from clients and the emails were about sending an invoice to a client somebody i have to follow up somebody i have to send a proposal to an internal task and there were a lot of meetings happening i used to get really overwhelmed and i know imagine and one person who always came to the rescue uh just when i was about to give up at many times i i literally told you many times that chavi i cannot do it and i still remember uh you always used to uh tell me no pulkit it's not that difficult and uh, i used to come up with my task list you should look you used to look at my task list and help me plan my day plan my emails you help me with everything as with something as minute as managing my inbox to i don't know if you remember you helped me a lot i do i do yeah i do remember having discussions with you about how you know how you can keep your inbox clean so that when you look at it it doesn't overwhelm you you know what is in your pending list how to file your emails the tasks that you've done and you know what pulkit i'm still doing it with so many people i mean i still tell people that you know you have to be organized with your inbox that's how you start i mean my mantra still is pulkit that when i leave office when i finish my work for the day my inbox have to have only like four to five mails at the most the ones which do not need immediate attention otherwise all the mails have been handled and filed where they should be 
so that next day when you go to work you do not open an inbox which is full of like 200 emails then you don't know where to start from so i still live by the same mantra and it's been very successful for me so far so i'm glad that you know you took that on and you remember that i mean that's that's a very very sweet thing pulkit it's been so so many years and to remember such details that says a lot about the kind of relationship we've had so i'm feeling really nice hearing about all these things that's what i can say i especially remember again i especially remember you you because it was still hard for me to understand how can you cope up with so many emails such an, a big influx of emails coming to my inbox how do you do it without getting overwhelmed and uh, you said pulkit think of these in emails like um, gift boxes you don't have to sit on them okay when you get an email at least open it because what i used to do the biggest mistake i used to do is i never used to open those emails and um, okay. i i thought okay let me finish this work and then i'll open my email let me finish this work and by then i used to have pile of emails which mm. i didn't know whether i have to delegate that task maybe it is something that i have to do or maybe it's an urgent meeting from maybe anuja that she wants me to come i used to be so confused but just just you simplified it for me you said it's like boxes coming to you you have to open each box and see what's inside it and then yeah. you can decide whether you want to take an action later or if it's something you can quickly delegate just get it done right. and um, it it really helped me a lot <laughs> wow i have such a big grin on my face hearing you talk like this pulkit it's, it's it's actually commendable that's really sweet of you to remember yes i'll i'll and, and i hope you're still following that not that, <laughs> i'll be very honest i'm not following that way religiously I still have a lot of emails in my inbox but i find my way but one thing i do uh, follow diligently like i said is i open every box that yeah. i see what's inside it i take immediate action but if you see i still have a lot of unread emails um, in my inbox so yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're good there, but that's nice. I mean, at least you are opening things and see you you want you do you are aware of what is there in your inbox at least. So that's great, wonderful, yeah. well done, Pulkit. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I still remember Chavi after spending that those one. I, I used to almost uh, feel guilty of spending so much time with you because I knew from 10 a.m. to 11 uh, a.m. when I used to be with you. there used to be more uh-huh. people outside me who who used to wait for me the yakeup jaiga uska they used to come to for with ways and, and things and used to eat so much of your time and what i found so commendable and unique about you that you were always very relaxed you were never in a hurry you're not never looking at your watch that when will he go and i need to do so much work pull get just finish whatever you have to say and let me work you were never like that we used to have enjoy our morning tea together and you yeah. used to really listen to me and it's not that we're just talking about work 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 i yeah. used to talk you talk about all sort of things and after even after spending so much time i used to talk to more people be in several mm-hmm. meetings and yet always be on top of your inbox of your task list because i know for a fact that edward alchemy you were managing lord you were managing operations you were handling sales and you were managing a lot of stuff there and still oh. by evening i saw you were on top of things so which is why i i want to talk to you because i know people who are productive as as productive as you and maybe who are even more productive than you chavi but mm-hmm. i know very few people who are as relaxed and who are 
as relaxed as you while getting so much things done. People get overwhelmed, they get freaked out, they get frustrated that I have, so, I have to do so much work. And I've never seen you angry. I've never Thanks. seen you ribbing about anything, which is why I, I always thought, I want to talk to Chavi. And it's been a long time we've, we've, we've cashed up on things. So I thought this is a perfect opportunity to pick Absolutely. your brain on several things. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much, Pulkit. And the reason I think it works for me is, first of all, I have to say that what I find very funny is that whoever, I mean, most of the people that I speak to, you know, the ones that worked uh, at Red Alchemy with me, almost everybody says that, oh, you know, we really enjoyed our one hour talk in the morning. And sometimes I think that if Anuja listens to these conversations, she is going to think that when was she working? She was always talking to people for one, one hour each. When was she doing any real work? So I find that really, you know, when, when, when you guys say that, so it's you and there were so many other people. There was Gunika, there was Divya, there was Gini, there were so many other people. Yeah. So I feel that all I did at Red Alchemy was morning till evening, just talk to people for one, one hour each and be done. I think that was my job profile there. <laughs> That's a superpower, so, Shavi. I'll tell you why I see the reason that happens is because I am a people's person I love talking to people and I love talking to my teams and I love talking to my clients that has been my high point ever since I started work so I think that is what is working in favor of me I mean even now like today I had a very long meeting with a client like, like right started right at 8 30 and finished at 1 30 i took a 15 20 minutes break in between to quickly have my breakfast but i loved it because you know we were not only discussing the project we were chatting we were discussing about the virus we were discussing about families so many other things we were discussing so i like to build relationships i think that is what my core strength always has been i just don't focus on work i work on building relationships that's what i really love doing and, and I'm so glad that I've built some beautiful relationships over these years. And it's been so many years that we've known each other, Pulkit. And the fact that we still are in touch, the fact that we still want to catch up with each other, that's a testimonial that we built a beautiful relationship. And uh, for me, that matters the most. That's very, very important for me. Yeah, I think one thing that you do really well is that you're able to connect with people. When you're with someone, you are completely present. Um, in the moment, listening to them, not maybe you are thinking about other things that you have to do in that day going forward as well, but you, you do listen to people. And yeah, and that's important, Pulkit. That's it. Otherwise, how will you connect to people? I mean, you know, I mean, if you, if you don't be, uh, give people the, uh, the feeling that, you know, you are with them 100%, you're listening to them, you're connected to them, how else will you build a relationship? I mean, everybody is in a hurry. Everybody has so much to do. But then what's the point? If you can't even connect to each other, then what's the point of all of this? At least that's what my thought process is. That's how I like to work and think. Yeah, definitely. Because I see a lot of, and that's, that's not something that came automatically into, in my nature. I still strive to do that when I'm with someone. I really try to make an eye contact with them and genuinely be more interested in what they have to say. I think it's a skill that one has to develop. A person like me, it's a skill that I have to develop. It doesn't come um, automatically to me. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that it, it does have a, a big impact on your overall quality of life when you pay attention to what a client has to say or someone, your loved one has exactly. to say, your colleague has exactly. to say, you build that connection. 
with them. I agree. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, not not only your team, but yes, like you said, your family, your clients, whoever you connect with, whoever you are, you know, in touch with, whoever you are engaging with, it's important to be connected like that with everybody. Yeah, and, and it is not easy. I, I I think the biggest struggle why many people um, struggle with it is uh, because they are not organized as as organized as you. Because you have, I'm sure you have systems and processes in place that you use to get things done faster. You are very good at delegating work. You're very good at organizing things. So, which is why you do have the bandwidth to be present with people. Not everyone has that leverage because people are not organized. And then uh, when they are going through the day, I mean, before blink of an eye, it's, it's 2 p.m., it's 3 p.m. And you know, you have a lot of work to do. The last thing you want to do is to sit with someone and listen to their problems, especially when you're not interested. So, I agree. Yeah, I agree. See, I, I do like to acknowledge the fact that, yes, I am organized. In fact, Pulkit, that has helped me immensely since the time I started Dytonia. So what has happened is that uh, <clears throat> typically attrition rate for uh, IT industries is pretty high. People leave the jobs every every year. You know, I, I mean, I'll tell you something. It's it's really funny. When, uh, when I left Red Alchemy, I worked from home for about a couple of years and then we had our office space. Okay. So <clears throat> when we were uh, starting our office and hiring teams, I asked somebody who had already started an office a couple of years back, again, a colleague from Red Alchemy. So I asked this person that, uh, how are the attrition rates, uh, you know, for you? So he goes, it's, it's not bad. I mean, most people stay for one year. And Pulkit, I was so shocked at that point. I didn't even want to really start having a team in place. Because for me, that was like, oh my God. I mean, you have people with you who work with you only for one year. That's, that's, that's bad. And uh, <clears throat> that, then when I started Daikonia, we made sure that we have strong processes in place. And the reason I'm telling you this is because you were talking about me being organized. So yes, I am organized and I like to work within, within processes. So we, we have managed to retain our people. Most of our team members have been with us for four years, five years, six years. And uh, in fact, so many times I have to tell my team member that, you know, you should go and explore more opportunities now because there's nothing more that we can offer to you in terms of your skill set. So I think people like working with us maybe because we are organized and we do have set processes in place. So they know the framework that they have to follow. So maybe that it makes their lives easier. Maybe. Um, I mean, that's my guess. Yeah, I can tell you that's, that's, uh, that's a fact. I think you, you come across as a very authentic person when the leaders of a company are authentic. When the employees think, when the team thinks that they can trust you and they are, the leader will guide them. They are. They tend to stay longer, but but mm -hmm. if they they don't share their vision with you, if they are all over the and, and usually it always happens. Uh, the employees are only a reflection of the leader who is leading them. If the I, leader is not organized, it's very hard for the team to be organized, and he's the employees will never organize for the leader. Yeah, it has to come from the senior leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. It has to percolate down. It can never be an upward movement. It has to percolate down from the leader to the people. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. I think it's a good, uh, good segue for us to shift the gears and 
talk about diconia can you tell uh, us a little bit about diconia how how did diconia come into being and what is your business model sure okay so i'll start from the beginning right from the beginning so i worked at red alchemy for about 9 years and i was really happy there honestly i never felt at red alchemy that i'm not running my own business because anuja did give me that kind of freedom i was very free to take decisions and all of that so i was really happy with what i was doing but then it just so happened that over a period of time i just felt that you know the teams have become too big and there is too much going on and i wanted to concentrate on a smaller team and a smaller set of you know clients and a smaller set of services as well so that's when i thought that you know i should now move on and uh, you know it was almost 9 years since i was working at adalkin so i put in my papers and 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 pulkit i mean you should know that i put in my papers in january 2000 and 2012 and i exited in september 2012 that's how that's I, that's how long my notice period was because was- when i when i to anuja she told me that you know uh, i told i told her that since i'm going to be starting my own so i will leave whenever you are ready for me to leave so that's why i had such a long you know long uh, period of starting my own so i'm but i'm very happy about that no regrets at all so when i started typonia i wanted to work from home for a couple of months because my son was in class 9th at that time and honestly since he started going to school i'd never been home i was always working so i wanted to spend a uh, time with him that was his age when he really needed me to be home to be with him i wanted to spend time with him so i started working from home and so in on 1st of august 2012 is when i started so i worked from home for a couple of months and during the time when i was working from home my model was such pulkit that i was not working with freelancers that has never been my model because i don't i don't uh, really agree with the quality of a random freelancer i mean if you are working with a different freelancer every time you can never be sure of their commitment to work of their quality of work so i don't work like that at that time also i had set teams in place like i had a development team you know the people were not on my roles but they had given me four resources who would only work for me okay mm-hmm. so i was paying their salaries and they were only working for me, for me. same for the design team same for the mobile application team so i had three different teams in place okay so i did that for a couple of years and in 2014 my brother also joined me and at that time we decided that maybe we can you know now take up an office space and start to scale because by that time we had a lot of work coming in and working with these teams was not really working out so well we wanted to scale up we wanted to expand so we took our office space and start and uh, moved into the office where we currently also are so in 2014 some somewhere in the month of february we started our office and uh, since then we've been so one thing when we started our office pulkit our office space is that of 25 people and i wanted to make sure that we but that we remain within this only i do not aspire to have a really large team in place because that was the one of the reasons why i left red alchemy in the first place that i don't want to work with a very large team because like i was saying in the beginning that i'm a people's person i like to connect with everybody that i'm working with on a personal level and i can do that only if i'm working with a smaller team so as of now we are a team of about 18 people 
and uh, our forte is web applications and mobile applications and we are really happy with the kind of work we do and uh, my teams whoever works with us has been with us for a very long time and same goes for our clients i mean all my clients i remember it was our 8th anniversary few days back and when i posted about that so many of my clients said oh yeah we remember the day you started we've been with you since then so that is such a warm feeling i love that feeling so that is what iconia is all about Okay, so congratulations for finishing completing eight years. That's a long time. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Okay, <clears throat> so just to give people context, because we've been mentioning Red Alchemy for a while, and I'm sure not everyone knows about Red Alchemy and why. And the reason I think it's very important in the context is because Red Alchemy in those days is was one of the biggest. Correct me if, if I'm wrong, Chavi. If I'm not wrong, Red Alchemy was the biggest digital marketing company, at least in the northern part of India. In India, I knew very few companies who were of this size, who were, and company was growing very quickly. And I saw the the strength quickly multiplying. The same time when I was hired, I, a lot many people were hired, and they were, and there was a very complex hierarchy of things. And I saw how Anuja tried. different structures to organize things when i was there i saw that the entire how, how many people were there chavin those is we i think we were around 150 people that's right and pulkit i mean what i have to tell you is that when i joined red alchemy in 2002 i was a 10th employee to join yes so yeah so i was a 10th employee there were nine of them and i was the 10th one to join and uh, i joined as a qc analyst and while i was there i saw the growth from 10 people to 150 which is commendable and yes you are right that red alchemy was one of the biggest it companies around in the tri city area and even you can say in north india so if you were to go and look for a job somewhere else outside of red alchemy there were just one or two more companies like there was a net smart and a net solutions apart from that there was really nobody else that you could go to and get a good job so yes you are absolutely right about that too there were many technology companies i i remember but there were very few digital marketing companies who yeah, were digital yeah i think because of atul's atul's presence and his yes. expertise and he was very vocal about it i think it was a fairly big company and to manage the operations the company anuja who was the company's co-founder right chavi mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, we did an excellent job organizing. So I think a lot of learning that I, my understanding of business school from just working at Red Alchemy, how a big company is can be organized, and even Anuja was very meticulous about uh, organizing the business. I haven't, I've yeah. seen very few people who can manage a company of this size as efficient, efficiently as Anuja did. Absolutely, and Pulkit. what i can say is that like you say that you've learned from me i have really learned a lot from anuja and what i have the most important thing that i've learned from her is the importance of sharing information the importance of sharing what you know you know that's why i am i'm so open to sharing i like to, even today so many people come up to me and they say oh you you know what we want to start bidding so can you guide us on how you work on a bidding platform and i'm very happy to do that and i'm not taking any formal classes i'm not charging nothing but if somebody asks or tells them very uh, you know open to doing that and that is something i've learned from anuja so she she also is a great leader and uh, one can really learn a lot from her she knows how to put processes in place she knows how to run big companies she knows you know what works and what doesn't work and she also is a 
people's person big time. So I think a lot of her personality has rubbed on me. I can safely say that. Yeah, I, th- I think my, uh, she comes across as, as someone who is very decisive about things internally. I think maybe you, you know her way better than me internally, how decisive she is, but she comes across to me as a very decisive person that this, we want to yeah. do this and we don't want to do this. And yeah, uh, usually, yeah. Thank you, Chavi. I, I want to ask you about the process of you leaving a job because many of our friends find them in situ- themselves in a situation where they, they have been in a job for so many years that they mm-hmm. very good position making good money out of their job but they want more they want to explore themselves they want to learn and they think they can get better rewards if they work independently so how did you make that transition leaving an established job I, I know for a fact that was very difficult decision for you it must be very difficult for even uh, the company to letting you go. Mm-hmm. But taking that pressure and then leaving the job, the area with which I'm really interested in exploring with you is how mm-hmm. do you make a transition when you uh, when you're alone? You you're on your own. You have no boss. Nobody's telling you what to do now. Yeah, like the business mm-hmm. model. And not everyone has. I'm not sure how much money did you invest from your own pocket, and at what mm-hmm. point did you decide to invest? that money in for example a person like me when i left the job i purposely kept the company small because i knew for a fact i cannot manage a lot of people uh, yeah. that overwhelms me if i have too many things to manage i purposely kept the company small and maybe i don't even have the expertise to do to to run a big agency business because i think other product based businesses they are still it's okay but dealing with multiple clients it's it's really overwhelms me after one point if i have more than 5 6 clients i find them difficult to manage and then attention goes down and i hate that like like you rightly noticed so uh, coming back to my question how do you decide and at what stage do you decide or what stage do you want to reach before you decide that okay i'm going to hire full-time employees I can take the risk to pay people's salaries and mm-hmm. uh, now I don't want to work freelancers I mean many people don't want to work with freelancers but the problem is yeah. the, the risk that comes with having employees you make one bad decision of hiring someone and then you don't have business for it you have to still pay, pay the salaries so you need to Absolutely. know exactly in which direction you're going and then mm. at what time you want to take that risk so how did you take that risk of hiring people and then uh, moving to an office and investing money if you did from your own pocket to to start an office okay all right that's a very good question Pulkit. and uh, honestly there is no straight answer to this so when i started when i left red alchemy and i started working from home for me it was a zero investment at that time i already had a computer at home and a working desk and that's all i needed okay so it was no investment at that time and I started making money like almost immediately because I got, uh, you know, few projects very, very quickly. So I started making money and I had no investment. So it was all profit for me at that point in time. Okay. So it was a really good situation for me. And then, you know, I had uh, made enough money and kept it aside to invest in hiring teams. That is when I took the decision. So there are two things here, Pulkit. One When my business expanded so much that I knew that I'm not able to work with freelancers anymore. And by freelancers, I don't, I mean, both kind of freelancers uh, in my situation, they were not really freelancers, but those were 
employees working with different companies okay but they were they i was paying the salaries but they were not sitting in my space and working for me so when i when i thought, when i you know realized that i have got way more work than these teams can handle for me that's when i took the decision and number 2 when i had collected enough money to keep aside to manage this team for at least one year so so in other words what i'm trying to say is that you need to have a backup plan in place i mean if you decide to hire employees today and uh, rent your own office space do not do that unless you have at least one year of backup plan with you like you also very rightly said kulpit today you take a decision you take up an office space and you hire 10 employees and you start your business but tomorrow if you do not have work for five of them you can't ask people to go like that right so you need to have a backup plan in place so my backup plan was that i have enough money to sustain this for at least one year so within that one year i had to make sure that i am able to get enough work for this team that i have now hired and pay my office expenses and all of that only then i start and only then i took that plunge and in terms of the investment it was 100% my own investment no loans nothing so we are 100% debt free as of today also because we've never worked on any loans or anything so it's always been our own money one that i earned after i started this business so that's how i have done this and that's what i think really works because it does not give you any pressure if you i mean these days it's very easy to take up a loan or a working capital from a bank banks are very forthcoming in offering you all of this but i feel that it puts a lot of undue pressure on your mind and plus you have to pay the interest rates and all of that so i think it doesn't make sense to take up a loan and start a business like that but you should have your own investment in place if you can and make sure that you have a backup plan and a sustainability plan for at least one year and then only start mm-hmm. does that answer your question is that what you were yes yes I, I, this one area that maybe you can clarify for me is when you say that mm-hmm. uh, you you work with freelancers but they were working somewhere else Uh, so what, what did you hire them on a monthly retainer basis that uh, they don't charge you for uh, per job but you pay them yes, yes. an x amount every month and then uh, they are accountable to get things done for you absolutely and pulkit one thing that i'd like to clarify here is that i did not work with those developers directly because one thing that i'm absolutely against is moonlighting so when i was doing this i was so for example i would work with a company and i would tell them that i need about four developers from you on a monthly basis i will you give me a fixed cost for these four developers and they will do whatever project whatever task i have for them every day that is how i worked <laughs> okay moonlighting so, is a very interesting topic i <laughs> it is yeah i know i'm very honest i mean i i wish i could say i am against moonlighting but i was moonlighting <laughs> uh, that's how i as of today everybody is and everybody says it openly and there's nothing that you can do about it like my developers uh, one day my developer you know i was just asking him about putting a project on portfolio something so very smartly he comes in tells me oh yes you can even put my own projects that i do on the side and i was looking and i was like dude that's moonlighting but <laughs> nobody cares so it's all right i'm also okay with that see pulkit there are certain things that i know that i will not do but then i can't expect everybody else to also say that they will not do so it's all right i mean i okay at on this topic what i'd like to tell you is that when i was working at red alchemy mm-hmm. so many people would tell me that you know you should start something on the side already before you actually quit the job 
and Pulkit, there are two things in life that I'm extremely proud of. One, that I never did that. I didn't even create my Elance profile before I quit working for Anuja. And that was when in my notice period also, I did not even think of creating my profile. I did that. I started, I stopped going to work on 31st of July. And after I came back from work that day at night and I sat down and did my profile. That's something that I'm very proud of. Number two, I did not approach a single client from Red Alchemy. And as you know, since I was handling operations, almost 90% of the clients were working with me directly at Red Alchemy. But I did not approach a single one of the clients of Red Alchemy. So that is something that I'm extremely proud of. And Shavi, I, I thought this, this, this ethics, they are very common, but I know for a fact working in knowing so many um, people, it's not everyone thinks like that. They yeah. would, if they have the opportunity to talk to anyone else's client, just steal the client, people do it all the time. I uh, like you, when I say with that, I used to moonlight for those of, for, it was a very new concept for me when I at Red Alchemy that you're not supposed to moonlight. So for those people who do not know what moonlighting is, moonlighting is when you are in an employment with someone and at your home, you're doing some work for another client. Many companies tend to mention that in the contract. Many companies expect you not to do it. And many companies are fine with it because like Chavi said, many companies are also realistic about what expectations they should have uh, from the employees. One line I always drew for myself is that I would never do it at the office. That's completely wrong to use company resources to, for your own benefit when you're getting paid a salary. That is completely wrong. But the reason I used to do it is there were many projects I did when I wasn't paid anything, but I used to do it them because the best way I thought I can learn something is by doing uh, something for an actual person and getting feedback on it. And instead of going at home and chilling, I used to work really late in the evening working for people yeah. Either I used to read eBooks, read articles, or I used to help anyone who need any help with their SEO uh, website, whatever I could help anyone with. I used to do that. So, and just coming back to your other point, not everyone thinks like that. I, I know people who pretend to be very ethical, but if they have an opportunity to steal someone's email list, their customer list, mm -hmm. people do all kinds of yeah. stuff. And they think I that know. it works. That, that's the most surprising part. I don't, I don't understand how, how they can imagine if you contact someone else's client, if you have a working relationship, if, for example, if Chavi, if you were to contact any of my client, um, mm. if my client goes to you, that's number one, it's my weakness. It's, it's something wrong with me that the client wanted to go. Otherwise, the client would straight away tell me that this company has contacted me. Maybe they're your contact. They would straight away tell me not go. And if the client is going, that means you don't deserve the client. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, but it's still, it is still an unethical on the part of the other person who's trying to poach your client. It's, it's still unethical. I mean, that's, I mean, and, and, and talking about ethics, Pulkit, what is, you know, sometime back what happened with me was that there, I mean, I had a team of developers working on a project and uh, one of the developers, he quit. And after two days, he contacted the client and he told him that, oh, you know what, I can work for you directly. I thought that that was so crazy. How could yeah. you do something like that? That is heights of being unethical. And of course, the client came back to me and, and I know for a fact that, you know, clients do not run after small developers like this. If they are working with you, if you have built a good relationship with them, they will stick to you. So it's all about making sure that, you know, you, you 
have complete control over what is going on in your business but mm-hmm. at the end of the day there will be unethical persons you will still have to deal with them so all of that goes on and that's all right that's part of the game Yeah. you can't be too bothered by it one example i can give you is, is of a recent conversation i had with a with a friend who was working with a major social media agency in the us who employed more than 250 employees the big company i won't name them but he was managing their their software and mm-hmm. he asked me that bucket because i'm working with them i have access to their client database we can easily use that i was like yeah. he was so chilled about chilled out about it like nothing is wrong with doing that and that immediately raises a red flag that i i told him that this is not the direction that we should be going in we shouldn't but but the thing is people don't realize people don't realize how everything we do does adds up in the end and, and if not for moral reason even for for your business reason you cannot build a business if we have a mindset like this if we don't have a strong value system it's very Absolutely. hard to build a business Absolutely, one hundred percent. I agree with the value system point completely. Bullshit. That is something because if you are doing this, then at some point your employees will realize that oh, you know what, this is what the company is all about. So it it is it is going to come back to you in one way or the other. And I am a huge believer of karma anyway, so it will come back to you. So I mean, you you should in your capacity try your best to not engage in activities like this. But I also agree that. not all people think like that people so that's all one one very good experience i had learning about ethics was to work with pancham chavi when i was working with mm-hmm. uplox i i learned a lot from uh, pancham in terms of how honest he is he was with because I, even at uplox i was working as part of the sales team they they hardly had a sales team it was just me and pancham there Okay. and when i used to go on calls with him and he corrected me at so many instances when i was talking to a client at any point i used to say anything misleading or anything which was slightly even narrowly not true for example if i say that we have a huge team here at qblox and we can handle this pancham used to correct me immediately after the call that would be you're not supposed to say that you have to tell them that we are a small team don't yeah. say misleading to the client so he corrected me at so many places and i learned from him how all these small decisions we take in terms of yeah. what we say and our actions especially does add up in the end again not for the moral reasons so just for the moral reasons for uh, it also makes a lot of business sense to be ethical and honest with your business Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. Like you said, the employees tend to co- the employees, the team tends to copy you. If we cheat with them, they will cheat with us. They'll have nothing to lose. <laughs> and uh, like, like you know, at Dagonia, we have one simple rule. When, <coughs> when, when, when we hire people, when somebody new comes on board, we always tell them one thing that you know, you you obviously will make mistakes. We still, I mean, I still make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. but we always will own up to our mistakes and we will never ever lie to our client it's as simple as that that has been my rule ever since we could we have never lied to our client no matter how bad the situation is because what can happen deadlines are missed all of that happens we are not running a perfect show wherein nothing can go wrong but the point is that if you're honest and if you tell your problem to your client honestly nothing will go wrong everybody will understand and if somebody just does not understand then they are not worth your time anyways i mean that's what my philosophy is 
Yeah, I think after talking to you and and looking at all these successful and, and happy uh, business, uh, happy entrepreneurs who are enjoying their entrepreneurial journey, I can I can tell you that it's a very common pattern that having a strong value system does yeah. your happiness as an entrepreneur. You can you maybe you can make money here and then maybe you can become a millionaire, make a lot of money. But it yeah. won't make you happy. It will come at the cost of your happiness and peace of mind. If if we lie to anyone for to employees or to the clients, Absolutely. yeah. Great. I mean, yeah, it's not good for your peace of mind at all. I mean, like I always tell everybody that don't lie because if you are lying, then you have the burden of remembering what you said. But if you are speaking the truth, you are speaking the truth every time. You will say the same thing, so you don't have to remember it. So. Yeah. Yeah, so your peace of mind is, I mean, for, for me, it's very important. And that's how the entire team at Diconia feels. So, you know, <laughs> when clients are uh, working with our teams, there's this client of mine that I was talking to in the morning. He's been working with me for eight years now. In fact, he gave me my, one of my very first projects. So he was telling me that when I, when I talk to any of your other team members, they also speak the same language. They have the same value system. So that is very beautiful. That's what he says that, you know, that's why I really like working with you guys because you've been so consistent in your value system and the way you work and your honesty and your ethics over these last eight years. So that's what makes me really happy Pulke, because what I feel is that not only business, it means that we are also touching the lives of people who are working with us. So that's also is very important because if developers are working with me, if my team is working with me for so many years, what they have also learned, and because these are all very young people, mostly people in my team are not even married, they're that young. So I feel that, you know, they're also learning a thing or two about life, about what values they have to carry forward. So tomorrow they get married, they have children, they will pass on the same values. So I feel so happy that I'm able to touch lives in, in that, uh, you know, in that perspective. So I feel really, really happy about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good living proof that you were able to do that with your employees, with your team. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pulkit. I'm going to have a wonderful sleep tonight. You are so good for my ego, Pulkit. We need to speak more often. No, Chavi, I mean it. I, I, don't, I don't praise a lot of people. I mean, I praise you when I genuinely feel for them. With you, I have a very genuine connection. So that's only, otherwise I'm a very equistic person. I, I'll not uh, praise anyone until I uh, <laughs> just please them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Achha, Chavi, uh, let's talk about, uh, I, in 2019, shared a screenshot on your Facebook page and it was of your, of your profile, which showed mm -hmm. an earning of $300,000. And really? Yes. And a hundred percent, um, uh, how do you say that? Hundred percent client satisfaction, or hundred percent of yeah. the clients were happy. You have successfully mm -hmm. delivered hundred or uh, your all the projects you did. So mm -hmm. I think that's what it means. So when I looked at that um, three hundred thousand dollar figure, and when I saw that it's hundred percent um, score on Upwork, and I personally, Chavi, I even though I built Isla Fashion Retail, my own company, in a very different way, all the clients who who find us, they find us because they read one of my articles or they watch one of my videos. They see uh, any of my interviews. I produce a lot of content to, to build the presence of my company. And that's how my clients find me. 
the idea of depending on a platform such as Elance in, the, in those days, which is now work. Elance in those days, I feel was still forgiving. A work is, I, I feel it's very unforgiving. One bad uh-huh. rating, client gives you a bad rating and it does affect your conversion rate or it does affect your business a lot. You have a couple of bad ratings, the client, uh, because what happens is I, I feel I, I started on Upwork and okay. once the client, he said, I'm happy with your work. And he was very happy. He, he, he said all good, sort of good things about working with me, but then okay. he gave a rating of 3.5. I did not okay. understand. I wasn't, I was, maybe he did not understand um, what a 3.5 rating can have an impact on my yeah. uh, mm-hmm. profile's uh, credibility and it will mm-hmm. affect my business, but he still gave me a uh, rating of 3.5 percent. So the, okay. and that really scared me. I thought I cannot depend on this platform. This is too, too scary. I mean, I, I'm depending on, 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 on a third party, which I'm not, I don't have control on. So that's why I yeah. built my best strength of producing content. And, and I, I am able to produce a lot of leads on my website. Mm-hmm. Some really good projects have closed at Ala Fashion Retail. But work is just beyond my expertise. So with while talking to you, one of the reasons I want to talk to you is, is also to understand what makes you so successful on Upwork. How do you maintain such a good score? And what is your okay. strategy on Upwork? Okay. All right. And after you said, I went to Upwork to see what we look like right now. And we still have 100% job success, which is wonderful, what which I'm mean? very happy about. <laughs> but, but we do have a lot of bad ratings as well. So, I mean, of course, that's bound to happen. You cannot have all good ratings. So when, when it says 100% job success, it, it typically means is that you've completed all the work that was ever assigned to you through Upwork. It, it really does not mean the ratings, but it only means that you've successfully finished all, the, all your projects. None of your projects have got cancelled. I think it means pretty much that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as of today, Pulkit, for the last couple of years, we are also not depending on Upwork a whole lot. And I'll tell you what has changed. When, when Upwork was Elance, the quality of clients and the quality of agencies was really good. And uh, <clears throat> since they were mostly uh, doing a lot of due diligence while taking anybody on board in terms of the agencies and freelancers, Elance was doing their due diligence. Okay, So if a client posts a project and uh, if 10 agencies are uh, pitching for it, then a client is able to compare apples to apples. That was the situation till about five, six years back I'm talking about, mm-hmm. all right? As of today, Upwork has become like a jungle. I mean, as of today, we don't depend on more than 10% on Upwork, Pulkit. And that has been a very conscious decision because like I was saying, Upwork has become a jungle wherein every freelancer, I mean, I'm sure that even the developers at my company, they have their Upwork profiles. Every developer is on Upwork and everybody is pitching for work and they are bidding as low as a $2 an hour, $3 an hour because they don't have any expenses. They do not have any stakes. And where the clients are missing the point is that a developer who's a, just a freelancer who's working with some other company also, if they are doing your project, vis-a-vis a company who's going to be dedicating resources to you, the quality, the commitment is going to be a lot different. different. So the clients are not really comparing apples to apples on Upwork these days. That's why we have also stopped working on Upwork. It's, it's because of this reason. However, even now, there are some very good clients who do their 
due diligence in finding good agencies and we do end up working with with such clients so what has worked in our favor in on on upwork is kulkit that when uh, first of all i do not hire any bidders for upwork ever since in fact when i was at red alchemy also i was doing the bidding and and since the time i started dyconia i do the bidding people find it very amusing and people find it very silly that i do the bidding because most in most companies bidding is considered to be the lowest level job wherein you will have 10 bidders sitting for you you will give them your cookie cutter bids and they will and they have the daily target that they have to place like 20 bids each and they will just go boom 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 they will just paste the cookie cutters and be done with their day that is how a typical scenario at an it company looks like mm. whereas how i do it is my target i don't at first of all i do not give myself a target at all for daily bidding i take a look at the projects every day i pick up only a handful of one or two or three projects every day i do a lot of research on who the client is what kind of ratings does the client have for me that's very important that what is the rating given to a client if a client wants to know what a rating is given to us i also go and check what is the rating given to them i also check what is the level of job description that they have written for example if somebody posts a job saying I want to clone Uber, and my budget is even fifty thousand dollars. I never bid for that project because that's nonsense. If you don't even have the time to write a decent description for your requirements, what level of attention are you going to have towards the project? So I do a lot of research before placing a bid. After do you know reviewing all these parameters, then I also check. how old the client is on upwork whether you're a new client or an old client how much business have you done if you have posted for example 50 projects have you awarded only five of those which means that you love posting projects but you don't like to award those projects so there are a lot of <coughs> parameters on which you can gauge a pro- a client so after i've done all of that then i go ahead and prepare a pitch for that client which is 100% original written i do not use any cookie cutters where i tell them what is it that i have understood about their project then i uh, ask them a few questions then i show them the our relevant work and that's how i end and then i end it and when i do it like that my success rate is very high on upwork so i mean if i am uh, pitching to 20 clients in a month that's all i do i don't pitch for more than that i am able to get at least two to three projects out of those and i only go after bigger ticket projects like i i have i i do i don't pitch for anything on upwork which is less than at least a 5000 dollars because then i feel that it the the seriousness is not there and then you are competing with very you know with freelancers who are working at a very very low man hour rate that's what my mantra has been on upwork and it has worked so far but is that what your question was or have i gone into a different track completely no he have answered my question beautifully because it's a very good reminder for myself because it's been a while to be honest when i was on upwork i wasn't i wasn't judging the clients when mm. i used to look at the i used to go after bigger ticket clients and i did close a few big couple of big projects technology projects which i didn't we did not do on upwork we worked outside upwork and but i wasn't thinking about approaching the leads like this that even clients are checking your rating why why don't yeah. you go in and check their ratings and um, i love the idea how you how you said that we need to instead of just going after numbers that we have to submit uh, contact so many clients 10 clients it's, it's not purely a number game 
And I remember even at Red Alchemy Chavi, we used to send some really long proposals to the clients and we yeah. used to really go the distance talking to the clients, understanding their requirements. And I think it's especially true when you're uh, trying to close a bigger ticket size projects. Yeah. yeah. So I think you've answered my question beautifully. Uh, and you said, you said your conversion rate is, is very good. By that, you mean when you contact, let's say you, you submit a bid and from that conversion, what, what did you say a conversion rate is? So uh, I, what I mean is when I say conversion rate, actually that's a wrong term. Mm-hmm. I should have said that the rate at which I received the responses is very good. Response rate so is, I, yeah, okay. response rate is very good. Yeah. Not the conversion per se, but the response rate because conversion depends on a lot of other features. Also your budget, your requirements and all of that. But I'm talking about the conversion rate that like, if I'm uh, talking to, if I'm trying to talk to 20 people, then at least five of them will talk back, which, which, which in my view is a great conversion on Upwork because Upwork is totally crazy these days. But I, but it's been like for the past four or five months, I think I've not pitched for any new project on Upwork because I honestly didn't like anything so much that, you know, I, I could go ahead and do that. In fact, in the entire last month, I only pitched for two projects and out of which one is almost close to conversion now. I mean, we, we are going to get that project soon. So like, because we've also stopped working on Upwork a whole lot, mm-hmm. but if you use it properly, it's a good channel. There's nothing to get scared about Upwork provided you know how to use it properly. The reason we also stopped using it because we get a lot of referral business toolkit and one then and two, like I was saying in the beginning, our clients also work with us for a very, very long time and our projects are such that continue for a long time. So since I have a small team, I don't have the bandwidth to take on a lot of new clients and neither do I want to. So this is working very beautifully for us. Hence, we do not work on Upwork as much now. And since it's only me, it also depends on if I'm feeling too lazy for a few months, I don't go on Upwork. So sorry to say, but that's the truth. (laughs) I don't have anybody else in sales. Okay. Let's talk about, let's, from the perspective of someone who's starting now, I mean, someone who's, who wants to start his agency, his or her agency today, do you think mm-hmm. uh, Upwork is a good way for them? Because they don't have any network. They don't know any clients are starting from scratch. Absolutely zero. Where do you suggest they start from? See, then you really don't have too many options, but to start with online portals like Upwork, like people per hour, whatever is out there. That is the only option because if you do not have a network, then these online portals are your only hope. That's what you can do. But I also think that what you need to definitely keep in mind is that this is a good platform to start on. There are two, three things that you need to be very sure of. Number one, that your profile should be really well made. I mean, a client should be able to look at your profile and figure out what you're all about. And if you're starting new, obviously you do not have any portfolio to show for, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's all the more reason for you to make sure that, you know, you, you put together your profile nicely. You spend a lot of time thinking what you want to say and say it in a very crisp language. That's number one. Number two, most important thing while starting new is patience. Fulkit, I can't tell you how many people come to me, take advice on how to start on Upwork and I give them a lot of yarn on what to do, what not to do. I've done that like with hundreds of people and honestly, not even 1% succeed, not because not they're not doing a good job, 
but because they lack the patience. If you are a first timer, you have to be extremely patient. Like if you are talking to 50 people in a week, you cannot expect a response immediately. People will take time to respond back to you. So you have to be patient and you have to be diligent and you have to be at it every single day. That is what works. If you, if you want to really make it on, on an online platform. So diligency and continuity is the key. That's what you have to do. Yeah, I think it makes sense because... I agree with you. For someone who is starting new, luckily I had the skills to produce content. When I tell people that either, so there are a few channels, Shavia, I tell people that I have tested myself to find clients, uh, especially because I want to help people uh, generate business for themselves when, when they want to. So I teach them all kinds of stuff. I've personally uh, tested cold emailing. When you find an email of a client from their website you email them you pitch them you try to get them on a call you mm-hmm. have uh, tried running ads i've tried uh, creating marketing funnels on my website to convert them i get their email address they make i make them download an ebook and uh, mm-hmm. uh, then convert them from an email sign up to a client i try to do that as well i've tried many things and in spite of me telling so many ways and which is something I'm telling from my own personal experience. I give them my pitch that here's this email I sent to my clients. My response rate is good. You should go and try it. Uh, in, despite that, they come to me with excuses. The false story that they tell themselves that, okay, I, I'm not good at uh, creating content. My English is not good. Or they come up with all kinds of excuses when I see that the real problem is persistence. They're not trying hard enough. And if they do it over a period of time, there are clients who would never notice that you have a bad English. A client who himself has a bad English doesn't even know that um, you're making a grammatical mistake. He would end up hiring you. But you said it will be exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I have, I totally agree with what you're saying. And what I have seen has started to happen in this whole case that people work in a company for three years, four years. And then they get very fed up and then they say, oh, you know what? I have enough experience. I'm ready to start on my own. They do that and they then don't have the patience to see it through. You won't believe there are so many people I interview who say that, uh, you know, whose resume say that worked with XYZ company for three years, worked as a freelancer for six months or one year or two years and now again looking for a job. Why it doesn't work for them is because they didn't have the patience to see it through they get enamored very quickly that, oh, you know what, this is something I want to do. If, if you know, if Pulkit can run his own show, if Chavi can run her own show, why can't I do it? So they go and quit the job and they want to start on their own, but they don't have the patience to see it through. That's, that's where they start to make excuses about their English, about this, that and the other. And it has happened very recently with me. There was this girl who really chewed my brains about starting on her own and I gave her a lot of inputs on what to do and what not to do on Upwork and that day and till today it's been two months she's not even told me even months how her Upwork thing is going and I went to see her profile she's done nothing on that so that's not good you have to have the patience and the persistence to see that through and I feel that in today's generation that patience is majorly missing that passion is missing that's what I feel yeah, and it, Chavit also looks way easy from the outside. For uh, I'll give my own. 
when exactly look at looking at anuja running a company of 200 150 odd people yeah. it looks very easy because she has put process in place she has went through the yeah. created those processes because of which that system that machine is working but if yeah. it looks very easy that this machine is working yeah. money but if you have to build that machine on your own it's a different ball game altogether it's just like my relatives um and my friends who are not in the id for them it's very easy ki yes his he yeah. just takes his laptop it's ki dukan sa chalti hai he'll just open his laptop yeah. and the money will yes. come and yes. i also, i also see a lot of people glorifying agency business chavi do you get ads of people who teach you how to start an agency and they show you screenshot of their paypal that money is coming have you have you seen those ads No, no. Ah, okay. I, you click on one of those ads, you'll start getting more of such ads. And what I've seen is, in in these ads, they show agency owners who show screenshot of their PayPal that look, I'm getting paid uh, on oh. basis, and I bought a sports car, and they glorify the agency business like it's a piece yeah. of cake. They never talk about what happens after you receive the payment. Once, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get a payment. Now you have to service that client. you have to run the business service that client if you don't the client will go and you're back to square one you'll never grow and you'll never be profitable <laughs> yeah exactly i agree and you know what what i find so abusing is pulkit i have to tell you this is it's really funny but you should know this i mean my son is 21 now okay so there's this friend of mine and she says teri badi aish hai you know you started your business 8 years back your son is also 21 so it's so cool for you na so such easy life so i turned back and told her that you know what my son was not born 21 years old okay he was born a kid only so i have also worked my backside off i mean i still remember when my son was in class nursery that's the time i started working for anuja and when he was in class 9th that's the time i exited so all his childhood i was working like crazy So and people now turn back and say, "Oh, you know, it's my body. Ash, your own business. No office timings. Jana hai to jao, nahi jana hai to mat jao. Oh, such cool life you have." And I'm like, "Wow, do you think I was born like this? I mean, of course I worked so hard at this. So I find this attitude very condescending. I find this really stupid when people think that it's very easy to do. So people look at me and they say, 'Ha, hum bhi upwork pe bidding start kar dete and we'll start our business.' And honestly, Pulkit, I never discourage anybody." I always tell people, of course you can do it. I, I can do it. So can you. But then have the patience and the persistence to see it through as well. Yes, so and that's for the future. Yes, and have a realistic, a realistic expectations from the business that it yeah. will take a lot of sacrifices. Uh, Absolutely. People are not willing to accept. It takes a lot of from my my own experience, and I'm sure you you have given your own share of your sacrifices. running this business getting seeing eight years growing the business to it taking your business where it is today uh, it, it takes a lot of sacrifices the time that i could spend with my wife with my son my and there there's so many places i couldn't go because i had a call with a client i yeah. well i have to say no to um, yeah it is not easy like this is yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it only, it only looks very glamorous from the outside but it's not i mean if you're willing to work really hard and be very patient then yes but my problem is with the people 
who come into this with wrong expectation and especially pulkit i'm talking about the developers what really is painful to see is the the you know the way the developers have started to feel they feel that they worked for 3 years and they are ready to become an entrepreneur there's nothing wrong with that however i feel that you need to have a lot of experience before you can start to decide that you are ready to become an entrepreneur and you know take responsibility of putting food on the table for other people that's a very very big responsibility so one should really think hard before jumping into that yeah it comes with a big risk uh yeah it comes with a big risk like in the pandemic so for i mean as an example for it our office was closed for 3 uh, months we opened in july only we were working from home but obviously we were not even 50% productive first of all not everybody was able to work from home but we had to pay salaries to everybody not had to we decided to pay salaries to everybody i mean that is that we are, we are putting money in this from our own pockets because we want our teams to be comfortable we want to make sure that our teams know that we are standing with them at this difficult time so you have to be willing to take all these risks and take all these contingencies into account that's also important yeah i i i do agree to that acha chavi let, let's talk about uh, how do you manage stress um, and anxiety as which comes i think as part of the of the baggage with this business i know you are and you never come across as a person chavi who gets angry or whoever gets anxious or about just running the business i mean it it can really if, especially if you're not organized before you know you're working really late and if it can get really difficult especially if you have people depending on you you have mm-hmm. uh, your family you have to put foot uh, food on the table i can say that because um, it wasn't when, when i left my job cherry when i left qblocks which which was my the last company i worked with i mm-hmm. i just got married i was just 3 months into my marriage and um, okay. my in-laws thought they are they are giving their daughter to an IT professional but they did not know that this IT professional is going to leave their job after 3 months and okay. i had a discussion with pancham about it and pancham said why do you want to go and i thought mm-hmm. i i said i told him pancham i'm not very happy with the growth i'm getting here even though it's very rewarding i've learned so much i really love everyone in the company and I I feel I'm not growing fast enough and Panjam gave a very valid answer to me. He said Pulkit this is the growth this is the pace we are happy at. We don't want to go faster and we don't want to do more. If you want to go faster, I encourage you to do it on your own. And it was yeah. such a good answer and the kind of answer I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. But after I left my job, Chavi, it was if I I was lucky to get a couple of clients immediately after I left the job. but after few months i i i knew that i have to because nobody's paying me salaries a salary i i have to find the clients i have to grow the business to be able to put food on the table and um, there were many times i i used to get anxious so do, can you recall any instances of running diconia when you get anxious and and how do you deal with that anxiety if if you at all you get anxious yeah of course pulkit i get anxious very quickly i don't know i don't know why you say that you have not seen me anxious or angry i get angry also quickly and i get anxious also it's just that i have a good control over it so maybe before anybody can see it i just control it 
so about uh, getting anxious yes pulki there have been instances like it once so happened that uh, there was some problem with our bank accounts uh, one of our bank accounts and we were not able to download our payments uh, from paypal and upwork mm-hmm. and we had no money to pay salaries so i had to pitch in from my personal money to pay salaries for two months and rents and everything i mean there are a lot of expenses so that was a very testing time and this problem was taking a lot of time and then once also it happened that we did a lot of work for a client in good faith and he never paid us and that has happened multiple times because it's it's part of the game it does happen so when that happens i'll tell you my biggest anxiety breaker is my husband he is such a solid support in my life pulkit i mean if i'm having a tough day at work all i have to do is come back home tell my husband about what has happened and he is such a mature person he really puts things in perspective for me and he eases out all the stress and the anxiety and plus a glass of wine so both of this this is like my mantra for having a, a you know anxiety free day that's what i do but yes anxious days are definitely there that's this this no two ways about that i think that happens with everybody but like i said my husband is a very very strong support system that i have so yes. i tell him all my worries and and he gives me a lot of very good solutions he's a good solutions provider so i know i can bank on him i That's i know very a strong support system you you yeah. working with your brother that, i mean that also qualifies for a great story because most of the people would agree that working with a sibling i mean living with a sibling is very hard to to, to do something yeah. without fighting it's it's very hard and then working <laughs> money is involved and you yeah. see those cases all the time it's very hard yeah. not how do you deal with uh, working with your brother and still not fighting with him or or you still oh. do you fight with him <laughs> or right. so what i'd like to say to that is pulke that touch wood it's been 7 years that we've we've been working together and we fought only once and that was also such a stupid reason that it's not even worth mentioning i mean something very 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 menial and very stupid man in terms of the finances we've been very open with each other since the beginning i mean all the finances my brother handles and i have like 100% complete faith on him till date i don't know what a bank balance looks like all i ask him is that just make sure that we have enough money for the salaries and all the expenses and for both of us and that's it so getting all the thing done and everything is my getting the money in is my responsibility spending the money is his responsibility i'd be very clear on that so and in terms of the responsibilities we have divided our projects we don't divide responsibilities like this that i will take care of one process and he will take care of the second because then there are bound to be issues what we do is that we just simply divide the projects like every time a new project comes in depending upon whose workload is how much we divide we, we take up the project and whatever work is his is his i don't interfere in his projects he doesn't interfere in my projects unless we need advice from each other which of course we do uh, very often so we are totally independent in our way of working and that's and that's how it's working beautifully we i mean we've never fought about anything at least not for a business decision not at all okay. and also he's two years younger to me so i can bully him <laughs> yeah I, i think just you should, siblings do trust each other i mean most uh, at the ground level everyone trusts each other but then trusting each other's decision in uh, trusting in each other's capability that he or she will handle it uh just because he's younger to you now you having mm-hmm. faith uh that 
uh, he'll take care of things. I think that that does help. And in, uh, not just in siblings, I think when two partners work together, one uh, thing, yeah. yeah. So one thing I think, one thing that I think helps is just 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 sharing the same value system, which I think you yeah. you you and your team and the entire the Iconia shares is the strong value system. It keeps uh, coming back to that. Exactly, Pulkit. It, it exactly comes back to that. And today morning only, I was um, talking to somebody about it and I was just saying that there, there is this very difficult project that uh, we are working on right now. It's giving us a lot of trouble. But I was just telling him, and that is my project, okay? So I was telling him that <coughs> the reason it's working out is that Sajil and I, we have the same decision that we've taken for every single project that we will not say no to anything, no matter how difficult it is. We will bend over backwards to make it work. I mean, that's, that's how we are both built. And we pretty much, uh, you know, think alike in terms of taking business decisions. We, of course, I mean, there may be some smaller decisions that we don't agree on, but we have always uh, been very honest with each other as well. Trusting is important, yes, but also being honest with each other is very important. Like if I have a viewpoint on something and he does not agree, he will tell me about it. So either he will convince me or I will convince him, but we will come to a common decision. There has never been a case in these last seven years that we've taken a decision that both of us are not happy about. And that is something I feel that that's a big achievement. And honestly, Pulkit, this is something that even our family members ask us that, how do you manage this? I mean, it's really difficult to manage. But honestly, I don't see it like that. I don't see it being difficult. It's, it's quite, it's a, it's a very happy situation, in fact. Like today I've not gone to work, so I'm really happy that he's there. So I have nothing to worry about. I know that he'll do whatever needs to be done. So, so it's, it's very comfortable, in fact. That's what I feel. That's a very comfortable equation that we have. Because there's 100% trust. Okay, Chavi, uh, there's so much I want to ask you. Before I do that, we are almost, I think, one and a half into this conversation. Yeah. I hope I'm not uh, keeping you back from through the work. Uh, actually, I have a call at 5 o'clock. What time is it? It's 4, yeah. So we have about 20 more minutes. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, I'll try to wrap up my remaining questions. I think otherwise we'll have a next round. Okay. Acha, Chavi, I want to ask you about because you and your brother are working together and you are organized and is your brother also organized the same way in the work he, he does? <laughs> Not as much. That, <laughs> in fact, that is my only bone of contention with him that he's not very organized. In fact, his inbox is a mess. Okay. So <laughs> I keep telling him that why don't you clean your inbox because you have 200 emails. You don't know what you have already finished and what work is pending. So he's not as organized, but to compensate for that, the good thing is that he will always do what I suggest him to do. So that's really great. So, so I'm okay with that. The reason I asked that is because I was thinking if it comes back to the way you were, you both were raised as a kid, the reason why you were so organized, is it, is it yeah. being organized and well-managed? Is it something which was taught to you by your parents or did you oh, yeah. learn this over yes. your no, my mother is extremely organized. Wow. So I learned this from her that, you know, being organized always helps. And she's always taught all of us one thing, that hard work never kills anybody. So, and you know, I mean, I'm so proud to have a mother like that who always says, I mean, Pulkit, I've seen that there are some mothers who will always say, hi, Mira Bacha, you're working so hard, you're doing this. And my mother is the exact opposite. 
if I tell her that I've been on a phone call from 8.30 in the morning till like evening, she'll be like, yeah, very good. Go for it. Do the job. So she will, she will always push you to work hard, to be very organized. So I've learned all of this from him. And coming back to my brother, he may not be very organized, but one thing that I really depend on him for is his ability to look for a technical solution. Like if something, we don't have a solution for something, if something is not working, he will Google it, he will, and he's not a technical person. Like I'm not a technical person, neither is he, but he will Google it, he will sit at it patiently, and he will find a solution for us. So we really depend on him for that. So like uh, being organized and process driven is my strength. Being able to find a solution is his strength. So that's why so whatever is my weakness, he fulfills that. And whatever is his weakness, I fulfill that. That's why we, I think we are a great team together. <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay, Chubby, I think uh, we can shift gears now. And the next day I want to really pick your brain on is finances. I called you, I think it's almost at the time when you started Diconia. I think there was, there was time when I came to the office, when you bought the office, bought the new office. I came to you, I'm not sure if you remember, I, I came to you with a problem that I have business coming in, I have payments coming in, but uh, everything is such a mess. I'm not able to manage my payments. And number one, you suggested me a CA, Rajesh Ji, who you recommended And are you still working with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, you recommended him and you pointed me to three of my mistakes and you, the one thing you said is, well, okay, stop using PayPal, why are you wasting money? Stop yeah. using PayPal, start accepting, using bank wire transfers, why are you wasting money? I still try to do that. I have moved to bank wires and I use Veeam to accept payments to avoid the charges. The second, one more tip that you gave me, it was so obvious and Afif told me, I was thinking, why did I not think of it myself? Why did I have to go to Shavi to tell me something basic? <laughs> you said, why are you accepting payments in the same account and making your personal expenses from the same account? Yeah. You have two different accounts, one in which you accept the payments and you make all the professional payments, all the freelancer payments and office payments from that same account and have a different account where you transfer money every month and from where you pay your personal expenses. Why are you making your CS life so, so miserable? And I'm so glad I took your advice. I immediately uh, got a different credit card for my office payments and personal payments. And I got different account for my professional and, and personal payments. And it made the life of my CA so easily. The new CA I hired on your recommendation. It was a previous CA who just uh, scratch his head and he was not very good communicating what mistake I was doing. The CAs uh, are very tricky people to, to deal with. We think that they're financial experts, but they are not. And they are not very good at teaching you these very fundamental yeah. things. They'll just charge you a fee and they will file your yeah. returns. They'll not tell you how to run the business. Absolutely. Of course, it's not their job. Yeah. So uh, coming back to my question, Chavi, do you see any other mistakes that people who are new into running their business, maybe agency business, any business, people who don't have that experience and making those mistakes in managing their finances, which is putting them into a fix. Uh, do you see any other mistakes, any patterns you see in new entrepreneurs? I'm afraid, Pulkit, I don't have a lot to say in this matter, honestly, because people generally don't discuss their financial problems so much. So I really don't know. I mean, apart from you, I don't know of any other problems. 
So I'm afraid that I really don't know. So officially, I'm the best when it comes to coming with you with unique problems. At least my problems are unique. So I don't know what kind of financial problems people could be having, but yes, one common problem that I do see is the PayPal thing that you know I was talking to you about. That is something. That is one tip I have given to people who've been. Running their business like for fifteen, fifteen years also, which I find so stupid and crazy. So people do not realize how much money. I'll tell you one more thing. Okay, there's one thing that I'd like to mention. Mm. So people waste a lot of money in getting remittances from like a PayPal or a Payoneer, where you end up paying such heavy uh, charges. So bank transfers are your best deal. What I also started <coughs> doing three, four years back is Pulkit. that when i raise an invoice to a client and when they send send us a bank transfer our uh, there is a charge of about 25 to 30 dollars for each payment okay so i started adding that value to the client invoice of course after uh, checking with them if it's okay for them and most clients are okay with them because you know they are paying you thousands of dollars any day so a 25 dollar charge does not matter to them right but it does matter to you at the end because you are getting paid paid for so many different invoices so if you are getting paid for say 30 invoices in one month you are paying 25 dollar fee for every single invoice so what does that amount to so okay. you are wasting so much money in in just bank charges which your clients are very happy to pay they don't care really so that is something i implemented about 3 years back and uh, that has really also helped uh, to save us some money so these are the financial mistakes which i see people making uh, not taking smart decisions another example i'll give you like on upwork when you uh, download a payment you have two options either you can remit the payment in inr mm-hmm. in which case they charge you a huge fee so for example if the dollar rate at xc as of today is 75 they will give you a 69 or a 70 they charge such huge fee mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so <clears throat> it makes sense for you to download the payment in us dollar and not inr because then the exact same payment will come in i mean if you are downloading say for example 5000 you will remit 5000 into your bank account and since you obviously would have a deal with your bank wherein they are giving you a great exchange rate you will also save on that money did i Did that make sense, or did I confuse? Yes, it, it does. I think uh, the biggest thing is we are so happy and excited when a client pays us, especially when we are you're starting a business. Thousand dollars, we are excited, and we don't realize that we are paying a hefty charge to PayPal. But if we convert that, all those payments accumulate towards the end of yeah. the month. At by end of the year, it's a huge amount, which we don't exactly. realize. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you, I mean, these are the small things. So nobody has discussed these problems with us. I'm just saying that these are the things that I figured out for myself. So I don't know if people are having those problems or no. But uh, these are small, small things that I figured out, and I think it has made made quite a huge impact on our bottom line by the end of the year. So yeah, it does make sense to think about all of this. Thank you. Okay, Chavi. I I think the next twelve twelve wrap it up for us. One very important question I want to ask you is about happiness because happiness is one area that I really spend time and be aware about being happy because what I've learned is that happiness I I, I don't know where I read but I read that it's like building a muscle you have to work towards it 
you have to do it consistently there has to be a daily practice that you have to do in order to be happy the happiness will not come automatically Absolutely. and it's very important and it can and it can easily take a back uh, a back burner um, if you're busy with work making yeah. money you don't realize that because you think that money will make you happy and, and doesn't work yeah. that way so how do you ensure chavi on a daily basis any daily practice you have any habits that you develop to be a happier person mhm okay that's a very good question pulkit and i'll tell you what my son says about me he mm. says that the biggest problem i mean and he's very young so it's okay for him to think like that which i don't think is appropriate but still this is what he thinks about me mm-hmm. he says that your biggest problem in life is that you're too content with life and because you're so content you stop growing he thinks that we are not growing enough which is all right that's that's his uh, way of thinking so so the point is uh, he worked a lot on being content rather than being happy because if you are content then that automatically leads you to being happy so i'm very content with whatever is happening in my life what however the business is running what is happening at home in family i'm a very very content person i'm very happy with what happens and also i i also make sure that i you know i give a lot of importance to small things in life like for example yesterday my friend made jalebis at home and she sent them to me and i was so thrilled about it i sent her a beautiful message so i just make sure that it not the one habit if you ask me what i have developed is that i acknowledge people a lot and i compliment people a lot because one thing that i've realized is pulkit that when you do that when you make somebody else happy see if i'm complimenting you like you were complimenting me now right it has made me so happy pulkit so obviously if you're complimenting something somebody it makes the other person so happy and in turn you also become so happy that's one habit that i've really really developed second thing that i have started doing is that i have restricted my work hours from 11 am to 5 pm i'm not saying that everybody can do that but this is something that i've done so i come back from work around 5 5:30 latest and uh, my husband comes back home by about 7 7:30 so these two hours i have for myself i've started meditation so i do that for about uh, you know an hour or 45 minutes in the evening then i do my evening puja then i watch some tv so these two hours i've kept for myself again i have the luxury to do that because it's just me and my husband our son has gone to canada so i have a lot of spare time and there's nothing for me to do when i'm home in the evening so i spend these two hours with myself doing the things that i like to do i'll read a book or i'll go for a walk or i'll watch some tv or do some meditation these are the things that make my mood very light and make me really really happy and then when my husband but i mean nobody is watching tv separately so these are small small things which accumulate and make you very happy by the end of the day you feel that you've spent time with the family you feel that you've spent good time at work like today i've spent time with you it's making me so happy pulkit in any case you know that i've always loved chatting with you you're such a positive person so so today my source of happiness is you so this is how i remain happy on a day to day basis i just find every day something to be very happy about thank you chavi <laughs> i think you you said it beautifully and just to paraphrase what you've said happiness is about 
being able to notice small things in her life, which is yeah. I think is the hardest thing to do, because of which people go meditate. Somebody goes into practicing psychedelics. They try yeah. everything, but at the end of the day, the the goal is always to be present in the moment and noticing the smaller things. Yeah. And which Absolutely. comes again comes with practice. I mean, I will not exactly. say that I'm very good at this, but I am aware that I need to work on this. But that's see, that's that's the first step we get. Yeah. If you are aware of something, you will automatically start to work towards it. I I always say that the biggest problem is that when you don't acknowledge that there is something to be done about this. If you don't even acknowledge that, then obviously you're not going to do anything about it. So the fact that you're acknowledging it, the next step is to work on it. I'm sure you will. And I think you're a very happy person, Pulkit. I don't think that you have a lot of work to do on this particular trade. I think you are a very happy and a positive person. I've always seen that in you. Uh, yeah, I think my, my name is Pulkit and uh, it means happiness. I know. Pulkit is the name of it's not like I said, it's easy because you get go off track. Something happens in your life. And I when I listen myself talking in my videos, when I read the articles I've written, a lot of times I feel I'm not the same person who wrote that piece of uh, sentence and article because I change so much. You change everything. But to uh, be consistent with your daily practices, with your thought process, because you tend to develop good things as well as some bad habits as well. And you don't realize because nobody, it's very hard to keep yourself in check. So I try to be aware about it. And whenever I slip uh, out of that, into that pattern of being, if I'm unhappy about it, I remind myself, no, I have to work towards it. Nobody's going to make me happy. I have to make my happy, make myself happy. 100%. But also keep one thing in mind that, you know, the basic difference between, not difference, I mean, uh, the different situation you can say between you and I, for example, is that you are, I mean, my, my, I'm at that uh, place in my life wherein my son is almost settled. And, uh, you know, so we don't have a lot of responsibilities. Wherein you are very young right now. You have two very, very young children. So you have a lot of responsibility on your head. So you cannot be as relaxed as I can be. Like, for example, like I was saying, I come back at five and I really have full two hours to myself. I don't think that you can have the luxury of that. You have your work, you have your wife, you have your children. So you have a lot more responsibility. And even after all of that, if you are still managing to be aware and to stay happy, and if you're working towards it, that is brilliant. I mean, I would say that you are doing brilliantly well there. Yeah, I mean, one thing I do is when, I, when I'm spending time with my son or my wife or my daughter or my, my mother, I don't think that as... Um, a responsibility. I take that as something I have to enjoy. When I'm teaching part, yeah. when I'm when I'm teaching him in English, for example, I, I teach him. I try to spare time for myself, teaching him for an hour in the evening. I don't take that as a work. When I'm playing with him, when I am teaching him, it's my leisure time. I try to enjoy every moment because I tell myself he's not going to be this kid uh, tomorrow. He's going to grow up and be busy in his life, and so I have to be present now and enjoy the time with him. So Absolutely. that helps a lot. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And that's a wonderful thought to it. It's always stay like that. And it's very important. And you're right that children are going to grow up and then you're going to miss. I mean, my son is not young. He's 21. Even today, I mean, I make sure like right in the middle of the day today, he called me and he was up till late. 
and he said oh let's chat for some time and i left everything i said okay let me just sit and chat with him i know that this time is not going to come again so these things these little things are important and especially one thing which is very important for your children is for kid and for your family actually not only children for your entire family is for them to have the security that you are always there for them that they should feel secure with you that is so important one thing that i have instilled in my child is that no matter what kind of mistake he makes because obviously everybody makes mistakes he is so comfortable that he can come and talk to me about it he's comfortable that my mom is going to stand by me no matter what happens so it's very important for your kids to feel that way about you so just just make sure that you work on that for sure it's very important thanks shavi i think we have covered a lot of ground i thoroughly enjoyed our conversation i think it's a good place where we wrap up the conversation wonderful very nice because i also loved chatting with you it was i mean it didn't feel like an online chat at all it just felt that we are just sitting across the table and chatting just like good old days at red alchemy yeah my our morning tea i i used to love that tea pata nahi kitne logo ke sath chai piye maine i think that's all i was doing there sara time someone who is entrepreneurs especially who's trying to get into an agency business making a shift from a job to a full time agency owner any advice you would like to give them that will make them life better no i mean by my only advice would be to stay patient and be ready for a lot of hard work with no rewards maybe in you know initially so just be prepared for that but when the rewards come it is it is absolutely thrilling and you will feel very very good about it but just stay focused and stay motivated that is very important that's my only advice that's all i can say that's that's what has really helped me staying focused and motivated yeah, that's beautifully said chavi thank you so much for your time hey guys before you sign off i wanted to make a request if you enjoyed listening to this episode Please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Leave a review if you can. I love reading what you guys have to say about my content. I would also encourage you to go and check out my blog www.pulkit.org for more stories, interviews and my monologues. It's my sincere hope that my content helps you move closer to your goals and most importantly, be more present and happy.